Hello, and welcome to another edition of Forrester's CX Cast. Each week, we speak with an analyst from the customer experience team about their research or discuss a customer experience topic in the news. Along with my co host, analyst Diana Lawfer, my name is Sam Stern. You will hear both of our voices each week. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Forrester CX Cast. This is Sam Stern. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Diana Laufer. Hey, everyone. And we have a very special guest this week because we have our first guest appearing on the podcast who is not a member of Forrester's customer experience team, and that is uh, Vice President and Principal Analyst from our e-business team, Bill Doyle. Hello, Bill. Hey, Sam. Hi, Diana. Hi. Thank you for joining us. And the reason we invited Bill to talk about a topic on the Customer Experience Podcast is because Bill writes a lot about this uh, concept of customer advocacy. And I think this is very much relevant to customer experience professionals and to our audience. And so, Bill, thank you for joining us. We wanted to have you on to talk a little bit about customer advocacy. And I'll start by asking, because I... I've read some of your research, but I feel like I still don't quite know. What do we what do we mean when we're talking about customer advocacy? Well, the best way to answer would be to go back to the roots on this thing. Uh, many years ago, well, 12 years ago, 12, 13 years ago, uh, firms, financial services firms, were enthusiastic about their opportunities yep. <laughs> and uh, wondering what drove cross-sell. Yeah. How could they drive future purchase consideration at least, but ideally sales. And we looked hard at our consumer technographics data and analyzed dozens of different corporate attributes. Mm -hmm. uh, our theory was that the things that would correlate most highly with future purchases would be things like great customer service or uh, convenient locations or a single point of contact mm -hmm. or they you know do a great job with my money what emerged though was this notion this idea that we've labeled customer advocacy and that is that this the, the perception on the part of the customer that the firm does what's right for me not mm. just what's right for the firm's own bottom line the firm acts in my best interest that was the strongest driver of future mm. purchase intent and so uh, and, and we've continued to look at it. We've continued to do this statistical analysis in subsequent years, and it continues to be, if not the top driver, then one of the top two or three drivers of real loyalty among retail financial services customers. Hmm. Wow. So you uh, you look at this. You said on a on an annual base, basis. Excuse me. Um, how do you how do you measure it? What's in the benchmark? Yeah. Well, in the, it is in our big benchmark survey, this, mm -hmm. these uh, questions. And so it's a big customer set, big sample set, I should say. Yep. Um, we ask folks who they bank, who, who they do their uh, banking with. Mm -hmm. And we ask them uh, which insurance firms they use. And we ask about investing firms. And having established that, we then say, all right, you know, with that bank in mind, Agree. You know, how do you, where do you place that bank on this spectrum? And it's a simple five-box uh, uh, spectrum with one end being labeled, this institution does what's right for me and my family, and the other end does what's right for its own bottom line. Mm -hmm. um, 
That's the core question. We also ask follow-on questions that are key to this, which are things like, would you consider this particular firm for your next purchase of a financial services product? Mm -hmm. And do you have, do you intend to switch banks or uh, investment firms? Uh, so that's how we gather the information, and we publish every year the rankings, how customers uh, rate their financial services institution, their bank, their insurer, their investment firm. Uh, and our customer advocacy score is those customers who give a top two box score mm -hmm. to the firm that they use. Top two boxes out of five. That's Great. simple. Yeah. So who are um, some of the companies that, uh, that score well? Yeah. Uh, USAA is a perennial leader. <gasps> Gas, because we're all not surprised, <laughs> that's actually. Right, that's right. It wouldn't be a CX podcast right. without a mention of USAA, USAA right. I'm yes. going to guess. Yeah. Well, we got it out of the way early this However, month. However, so interestingly, uh, this last year, USAA was uh, supplanted at the very top wow. of the charts by Navy Federal Credit Union. Credit unions always have scored well, uh, but uh, this was uh, the first time that somebody actually outpointed USAA, and it's usually USAA's uh, banking or insurance a subsidiary, though we also ask about their you know, investing business as well. Mm -hmm. That's right there at the top. But yeah, Navy Federal Credit Union, 74% uh, of their clients rated them high on customer advocacy last year compared to 70% of USAA banking customers and 69% of USAA's insurance customers. So uh, credit unions have always scored well uh, yeah. because uh, you know they too typically act in a customer's best interest, and they make that clear. You know, they're chartered to serve right. the interests of, right. of their customers. Um, and, but, and I think that's interesting. Um, we've seen that in some other industries where a company will have, it, at its core, a customer-centric element to its business model, as you're describing credit unions have. So it's sort of inherent to how they do business, um, which maybe gives them an advantage. That's right. In fact... Many of the firms who are at the top of the customer advocacy rankings are mutuals yep. owned by their shareholders or their policyholders uh, or their members. Yep. So it's people like USAA um, and um, uh, you know Vanguard in, in, mm -hmm. in investing um, and you know in, in insurance. Uh, State Farm often does pretty yep. well. They are a mutual. Um, but, you know, biology isn't destiny. There are firms that do well despite the, right. yeah. you know, the, the charter. Uh, you know, among these banks, we've been talking about banking institutions so far mostly, and Charles Schwab Bank happens to score pretty well. Uh, right. Among, uh, yeah, it's so, so is it just, I mean, did they market their way to the top? I mean, how do these companies do well in terms of customer advocacy? Yeah. Um, you, the quick answer to your question, Sam, is no. You know, you can't advertise your way to a favorable rating. Uh, in fact, I remember a few years ago at one of our forums, I was asking questions on stage of the chairman of Vanguard, mm -hmm. and he said, you know, uh, if if you say you do this, but you don't, it's worse than not having said <laughs> yeah. anything at yeah. all, yeah. right? Because, right. Uh, and I think he's absolutely right. You know, consumers <laughs> are highly attuned in this, the age of the customer, yeah. to the degree to which another firm has their best interests at heart or, alternatively, seems to be nickel and diming them. Uh, so 
you know, customer advocacy is very much like customer experience and, you know, our customer experience index uh, stuff. It's about actions, not words. You know, uh, consumers rate firms based on their experiences of the firm. I'll add this caveat that if you do walk the walk, you might as well talk the talk because this is something that strongly appeals to consumers in this uh, That's a great age. point. It's not you, – you don't have to keep quiet about it, but you have to be quite sure that if you're putting out a message in the marketplace about your great customer experience that it wouldn't lead to – uh, frustration or eye rolls from your customers or anyone who's done business with you. Absolutely right. And uh, and you see it. You know, USAA will tout the fact that, you know, we don't answer to Wall Street. We answer to you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Vanguard will tout the fact that, uh, you know, we exist for our clients. You know, our money is invested alongside yours and, uh, you know, we serve no one but the investor. So what are some of the ways in which these leading firms like USAA and Vanguard are um, demonstrating customer advocacy? Uh, we've taken a look under the covers at what it is that's highly correlated with customer advocacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a few attributes, a few uh, components of customer advocacy, uh, things that you know, attributes that have a strong statistical correlation to it. The the top one is, uh, it simplifies my life. The firm mm-hmm. does does things to make things simpler for me. Mm-hmm. They don't overcomplicate stuff. Um, and you know, some nice examples. I remember uh, an example, as a matter of fact, in another piece of research, not our customer advocacy annual series, but this was something by Megan Burns last year, around. Um, uh, Vanguard's Voice of the Customer program, finding those experiences that cause unnecessary difficulty for clients. Her example in the document was resolving a bounced check. So they figure that out, and they work to reduce the number of steps that a client has to go through to resolve the problem of a bounced check. Yeah. And in so doing, they are demonstrating that we've got your best interests at heart, right. we're doing what you really want, and delivering on that. Besides simplifying instead of unnecessarily complicating it's things like transparency and exhibiting real benevolence you know mm-hmm. when i call i get the sense that they're willing to take my side in this dispute they're not automatically assuming i'm the bad guy and they've got to suss me out um you know they they, they trust me those are those yeah are key. and i i can i can see how that it's a very simple thing or so, I mean, I'm not simple it's it's a thing you can convey in the way that you talk to someone mm-hmm. I, I remember I, with American Express I had a, there was a fraudulent charge on my account and the way that they talked to me through that entire process it was clear that they believed me mm-hmm. or they at least made it seem to me like they believed me that I didn't make that charge mm-hmm. and so we were just going to figure out what had happened and credit me and get and get it resolved not like oh well are you sure sir there was none of that language where i felt like i was being accused of something right mm-hmm. it, it, and and you know smart firms train on empathy yep. they hire for empathy uh, among those that we've mentioned so far that's absolutely something that the schwabs and the and the vanguards of the world do uh I think that I really believe that our this this customer advocacy concept dovetails beautifully with the three E's of customer experience. You know, mm. the the, the uh, effectiveness and ease and emotion formula, and the fact that uh, for a handful of industries, 
including all these that we're talking about yeah. right now, including mm -hmm. banking, credit cards, investing, and insurance. There's just one other industry that the following is going to be true of, healthcare, uh, insurance. For this you know, cluster of industries, emotion is more important than the other two factors, effectiveness and ease, put together. Wow. Mm -hmm. It's all emotion. Yeah. You know, the, or, or, or put better, I suppose, effectiveness, the fact that the company delivers value and ease, the fact that it's easy to get that value from the customer, those are table stakes. Yeah. And, you know, consumers expect that that stuff is in place. <laughs> right. And what they remember is how you made them feel. And how do you make them feel good about transactions? It's customer advocacy. It's conveying the yeah. sense that I've got your back. I've got your best interests at heart. Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense for, for something like an insurance industry where you, the big emotionally charged transaction you remember is when you're calling with a claim and you know, you're really worried. Maybe you lost something. Maybe you got into an accident. And you want that company to be there for you and not just be, to be protecting their, their profits. You're, so. abs you're absolutely right. In fact, um, you know, another high-scoring firm out there is Amica uh, in the insurance space. And one of their great distinctions is that they are ranked number one when it comes to claims resolution. Mm -hmm. they, uh, you know, they work really hard to get you what you need fast. And I'm an Amica customer, and I, you know, in, in line with uh, Sam's vignette, you know, I had the same experience. They were actively, they were chasing me to get this thing, <laughs> to, to, to get to a final price, get it done and get me a yeah. check. Yeah. That's great. So um, any, we've talked about some, some, some leaders, right, some great companies in terms of advocacy. Any laggards uh, that, that jump out as sort of cautionary tales? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, we started by talking about banks, so let's start there again. The big banks. Well, let me. The bigger the bank, the lower the customer advocacy rate. <laughs> uh, you know, too big to fail. Not not to fail at customer advocacy. <laughs> right. Uh, for years, the top U.S. banks have bumped along at the bottom of our customer advocacy rankings. Um, <laughs> and you know, among the largest U.S. banks this past year, in our rankings, Bank of America is ranked lowest. Wells Fargo was the second lowest, Chase the third lowest, which mirrors their ranking by size yeah. uh, in, in terms of, you know, their, their consumer uh, business. Um, and, you know, it correlates to loyalty. We didn't talk about that much at the top, and I think people understand the implication here. But this isn't just about holding on to the customer. This is about a willingness to consider that firm for a future purchase. And sure enough... These banks that are scoring low also are among the, the, the firms with the customers who are least likely to choose the firm for their next product purchase. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, that's who's lagging among the banks. And uh, a lot of the credit card issuers are also at the, the bottom of this list. Interesting. Uh, Barclay Card and Citi are, uh, you know, lowest ranked credit card issuers. Uh, you've got uh, insurers like uh, Mass Mutual and Travelers uh, being rated low by uh, customers. So, yeah, yeah, great. Um, you highlighted a lot of the sort of connections between advocacy and the three E's um, from the Customer Experience Index. I'm just wondering: is there anything that sort of separates these two? I mean, would you recommend to a client that they track both of these metrics, for example? I think that, yes, when it comes to financial services, 
retail financial services. Yep. This is a terrific metric. Frankly, I think that it provides more granularity for mm -hmm. a firm mm -hmm. than the customer experience index. The great virtue there is that it's applicable across the board. Right. right. Customer advocacy, this is a pretty particular measure. Right. The degree to which uh, the firm has my best interests at heart. That, that you know, and, and so you're saying in, in that sense it's really tuned into the relationships that financial services institutions have with their clients? That's right. Okay. High, high, high trust, yeah. high consideration, um, and uh, you know, precious, yeah. uh, particularly yeah. precious, the stuff that matters a lot, my health, my wealth. Uh, this is stuff where, right, these, a factor like this plays an even more significant role. Yeah. And... Um, and, you know, a lot of our financial services clients do pay close attention uh, to this. Uh, They're tracking it. That's right. Uh, people at the top and people at the bottom. Uh, and some have actually uh, used it to turn around businesses. Schwab is a great example. Back in the 2000s, Schwab nearly cratered because wow. they got too big for their britches. They hmm. uh, bought an investment bank. They bought a... Uh, a, a private bank, the U.S. Trust. They mm -hmm. started to raise fees. They uh, got muddy in their offering. And they had to jettison a lot of stuff and really reorient the company. Mm -hmm. And as the CEO, today's CEO, says, we reoriented uh, the company based on this notion of customer advocacy and we operationalized it with net promoter scores. They mm. call it client promoter scores. And they are religious about measuring all interactions now using uh, net, net promoter. But it was this idea of, all right, you know, change it all, customer first, uh, their interests first, eliminate all these nuisance fees, uh, get a lot more people, customer-facing staff. Yeah. It was very painful. You, know, you can imagine lots of layoffs in order to increase the ratio of folks who were customer facing in order to deliver great empathetic yeah. benevolent uh, uh, service but it worked yeah uh, they've as a matter of fact in the first quarter of this year Schwab became the largest publicly traded US investment firm it passed wow. Merrill Lynch and it had a few years ago passed Morgan Stanley mm -hmm. yeah isn't that That's amazing, amazing. Yeah. you wouldn't have thought right. that Charles Schwab is the biggest no, but it is. I would never have got. I mean, it's kind of like um, yeah, this is you know odd example, but Enterprise Rent a Car is now the largest rent a car company, and yeah. it came from a very specialized niche part of the market, and suddenly one day because of and they have good customer experience, they're number yep. one. Yep, yep. Um, well, Bill, this has been really interesting, and and thank you for stopping by uh, for an episode of Forrester CX Cast. We appreciate it. Uh, Bill's report that is live on the site now uh, is from last year, called, so it's called Customer Advocacy 2014 how U.S. consumers rate their financial institutions. Um, as Bill mentioned once or twice in the uh, podcast, though, this is an annual report. So later this year, you can look for the 2015 version of the S same. September. Yep. In September. Great. Well, thank you all for joining us. Bill, thank you. You bet. And thank you, uh, we'll talk to you next week on another episode of CXCast. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's CX Cast. We'll post links to the reports we mentioned in the show notes for this podcast. 
And if you have questions or suggestions, please contact me at s-s-t-e-r-n at forrester.com. And remember, your customer's perception is your CX reality. <laughs>